Early one morning the sun was shining, I was playing with Fred. Starting up a new campaign game, one from the barricades red. We both played ASL together, just couldn't play it enough. We never did like that squad leader mess, the rule book wasn't big enough. Now it's time to get the show on the road, wondering what units to choose. Setting up will take weeks at most, Lord knows there's SSRs to go through. Tangled up in rules. He was married when we first met, soon to be divorced. Helped him through a rough time, oh yes, with advanced squad leader, of course. We played that game as much as we could, never gave it a rest. Stayed up late most every night, arguing but only in jest. He poked around in chapter B as I was yakking away. Heard him mumble something about rubble collapsing on a wide city avenue. Tangled up in rules. I had a half track set up in some woods, lurking on the flank for a spell. But it wasn't really doing all that much, then one turn some mortar shells fell. So I read all about Area Fire, Chapter C 1.55. No one he'd smile and probably gloat if my half-track got destroyed. But the HT's partially armored, so I asked around online. I seen a lot of answers, but none made sense in my mind. What else is new? Tangled up in rules. He was looking in the parry says when I popped open a beer. I just kept reading the chapter C pages, the examples aren't so clear. And later on when we figured it out, finally getting back to our game. He was saying I'm still not quite clear about that whole open top thing. I muttered something underneath my breath and studied the links on the page. I must admit I felt a little uneasy when he pointed out some errata from Journal 2. Tangled up in rules I'd set up for a perfect shot Was no way I could lose He walked into my clever trap Put his men's heads in the noose I rolled a six and yelled I got you good! He said I hate to disappoint you Your squad's of the inexperienced kind And that machine gun's captured too And did you forget that the SSR Said the ammunition was short and I must point out, your sustained fire will only add to the growing list of your blues. Tangled up in rules. He took a burger off the stove and offered me a bite. I see you read chapter O, he said, your eyes hurt from the tiny type. Then he opened up his book of rules and showed me something that he'd written down in the margins, notes from 1993. And every one of those notes was true, they were all from an O. Q&A on the last page of Avalon Hills ASL Annual 92. Tangled up in rules. I fought against him in Stalingrad streets in the cellars under the stairs. There were Ruskies on the attack at night and star shells in the air. The Russians are stealthy from ambush, but conscripts aren't, I realized. He won most all ambush rolls and a lot of my guys died. 
When the star shells finally burned out, his squads had all withdrawn. The only thing I knew how to do was to keep on playing on like an 8.2. Tangled up in rules. So now I'm really confused again. I got to figure it out somehow. All the rules that I thought I knew are eluding me right now. Some CGSSRs and some in Chapter H don't know where Arata's listed. I don't know why we chose this campaign. And me, I'm still scratching my head, wondering what's the point. Twelve years now we've been playing our game and haven't even started German turn two. Tangled up in rules. Zooks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Two Half Squads. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. We're Jeff and Dave. We're Dave and Jeff. The Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated mostly, you know, pretty much. Pretty to much. The, to the greatest game in the world. There's no question about that. Advanced yeah. squad. Leader. Leader. The game that just won't die because the people that play it. And Jeff, I think that Move opening on. song was just brilliant absolutely fantastic really really great a lot of effort went into that we must extend our ultra thanks to dennis donovan and uh this singer and guitar player and mixer who goes by the name of firefly firefly maybe that's his real name fantastic firefly i'm going to change my name to firefly and it was based on a concept that you had right jeff I, I came up with the concept and I wrote two verses and then Dennis really took off with it and added the rest and found a guitar player and stuff, I which I was going to do, but I just never got around to it because I'm a bum. Because yeah, you're a very busy man. And they, well, I'm sure they are too, but anyway, they put it out and it's really excellent. Couldn't be more pleased. That's a classic. It People is. are going to be demanding that that be done live at the... Uh, upcoming tournaments all over the world i can't get that that uh tune out of my head what tune was it oh yeah it's like my dad always used to say I, i'll never forget old what's his name <laughs> tangled up in rules tangled up in rules yeah rules so how you been dave I have been well, sir. What have you been doing? Well, uh, we got a uh, auction coming up at our local brick and mortar game store, though. I'm, I'm not sure there's brick and mortar there. It might be aluminum siding. <clears throat> it's brick. Is it? No, it's covered. There's brick and, and mortar. And mortar. And wood. Yeah. And probably glue. It's, it's painted blue. Yes, it is. Yeah. And there's probably wood there. Anyway, there's a our, our game store, Games Plus who is not a sponsor of the show, but we give them a ring out anyway, because they're good guys. Um, I So they've got their 
have semi-annual auction coming up and I gathered a bunch of stuff I wanted to get rid of, which is mostly role-playing uh, role game books, which are heavy, numerous, and untouched for years. <laughs> and so they, they qualify. So I had three big boxes, huge boxes. Did you notice I look a little buff? You look a little lighter behind I, you on the shelf. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So uh, it was good to get that stuff out and somebody hopefully will get uh, some good use out of that stuff. It's just so much stuff. So I you can't got believe rid it. of Castles and Crusades, which is a role-playing game, like kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but they say it's better, of course. Pathfinder, did you have? Yeah, any? Pathfinder. I had a bunch of Pathfinder stuff. I had some D&D second edition stuff and third edition Got rid of a bunch of that, a couple of other miscellaneous, just role-playing, just stuff I picked up sometimes at Gen Con or something like that, just because I was interested in it. I'm fascinated by the amount of stuff that gets generated for role-playing games. Yeah. Just books and books and more books. And a lot books of and stuff. Books and books. So felt very good to get rid of it, but I, I got to tell you, I'm having donations remorse. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not selling it. I actually gave it to our friend Mike Rizzi. So he's gonna. I gave it to him. Well, he's gonna auction it off. Is he gonna give he's, you a kickback? No, he's gonna keep the money and put that toward the Star Wars role playing game. Oh, because uh, he's buying more stuff for that. So got that out of my basement. It's for a good cause, and uh, I f I feel good, but a little remorseful. I might have to go buy it all back. I don't know. <laughs> you know how that goes. Like some of the ASL players that we yeah. have. Yeah, on the show, tell us, curse you for getting me back into the game. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. I can see that happening. Yeah, what have you been up to? Well, did my vacation, which is why this show's a little late. We did a little spin around down to Nashville, Tennessee. Aaron is in his last year at Belmont University. Ate at the Pegleg Pig Porker Pegleg Porker Barbecue Place. Oh, how was that? Good as usual. That's one of my favorite ah. stops. Mm -hmm. And another restaurant, can't remember, but it was cool. Uh, kind of a kind of a new agey place, kind of a modern place. You know, it's very interesting. It, it Nashville's pretty modern. Where it's in this it restaurant, is. Yeah. yeah, it's the oh, like honest food or true food or something. You know, yeah uh quality fresh yeah farm to table kind of yeah claims yes yeah uh, yeah you farm assume. to table but it passes through a bunch of factories yep and just a yeah. lot of hip people and i'm like yeah you know this is all hip like these people got dyed hair and all kinds of stuff and yeah you would expect it to be just a bunch of old time uh nashville and i don't mean this in a bad way <laughs> Not hill, but no, I don't know. even know. No, I, I don't even know yes. how to say it anymore. Good, good, good old solid fashioned Americans. Country, country, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Country people, because there's it's the you music. Know, you would expect that it's the cool music capital, but but they closed the Grand Old Opry some they? years ago. Oh yeah, I think like twenty years ago, maybe more. Do they have a new building? Or they don't do it. I, I don't think they do it anymore. I think Garrison Keeler was down there because they were closing it. And that's what it got him to think about doing his own show, which is what started Prairie Home, Com Prairie Home Companion. Now, as with anything that comes out of my mouth, this could be absolutely <laughs> wrong, but I don't mind spewing it anyway. Gonna, how, how much trouble could I get I'll, in? 
Google it after the show yeah. and I'll put it down here in words like this is not true or whatever. We, yeah, like, we I've could we could Google it before the show or during I mean, the show, but it's it's easier yeah. to just, you know, blow Make, off. Yes. Blow our mouths off and see what happens. Yes. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, you know, about the the locals. So the locals, yeah, good, just good solid people yeah. and a mix of people and everybody just getting along. Yeah. Just getting along of yes. all different political opinions, whatever, different musical tastes, different ages, different races are down there. And just I look all over the place and everybody's just getting along. Yeah. And from there, we travel, which is encouraging. Yes, it is. Um, we So we visited the school, all that, and then went on up to visit Laura's uh, college friends in Ohio. Um, are they still in college? Good, good dinner with them. <laughs> Uh, two different lunch with one gal and then dinner with two other gals. And then um, we went to the, oh shoot, um, high, high, a state park in Ohio. It's gorgeous. I'll, oh, you sent some pictures. Yeah, there. yeah. Maybe I'll shoot some into the YouTube video, like intersperse them, like maybe one in here and one here. <laughs> um, and then crossed into pa where on that border was the ohio pile and i got a kick out of was the fact that the siri lady uh given phone directions to mm -hmm. us said the ohio ohio pile the ohio pile i'm like where are we what is that the ohio pile it's a rapid river with rapids that people go a lot of kayaking on ah, and okay. whitewater rafting and all that yeah but we did not we stayed dry this was a non-wet vacation uh -huh. um hiked hiked all over down the dells all over beautiful the great big boulders fall into the dells and there's mossy and lichen and everything and you know just super super cool big lakes to look at and go along the river and love that stuff yeah had a yeah. really great time and then we did the Frank Lloyd Wright Falling Waters House. What? Where's that? Right there on the Ohio Pile. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I thought that was in Wisconsin. No, that's the that's a different one. Laura did that one with Megan. Oh, I'm gonna tell ago. people it's in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'll correct it down here <laughs> on the YouTube channel <laughs> down below if you're right. not watching and you're listening. Um and so, yeah, you know, and Laura's like, oh, this house is so cool. You know, everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. And I'll pull a Jeff on this one. Guess what I'm going to say? It's not cool. <laughs> it was okay. But, you know, do you want to live there? The, it's small. And it was part of his design thing is it's getting more intimate and getting more close. And the bedrooms were like just a bed. I'm like, this bedroom is so small. And it opens out to this nice porch over the river. And yeah, that is certainly cool. But who wants a bedroom that's just literally a bed and a little little bookshelf and then windows opening up which is nice and airy and the we i mentioned this and the lady the tour guide's like well you know he believed the bedroom was for just sleeping, sleeping. so it's just the bed there's this over here you got a desk and these other spaces in the house to use and i was like yeah but where do you put your and laura's like well what else would you need dave and i'm like you, you need all your you need more books in here and you yeah. need your black light posters right. and you need your stereo system yeah <laughs> big screen tv yeah where are you gonna put yeah. all, all that stuff here yeah. so anyway it is a beautifully designed house it is a frank lloyd right and um who am i to other than okay 
I, it's a great house. It's fantastic, but I don't. I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I I I get. I would agree. And then from there, we went on up to Hershey, and did the CCEF, which is the Christian Counseling Educational Foundation conference for the weekend. So, you know, Laura got her degree from Westminster in Christian Counseling, and Friday we went to the Hershey what do they call it the factory the amusement park and have you been to the hershey no i haven't i didn't know that's where it was and did you get chocolate while you were there and you got a chocolate each time you ended the ride so we went back on it again and rode it again and got another hershey chocolate still had time to hit chipotle and get back for the afternoon at the conference seminar well that's quite a uh Quite a tour of some of the most interesting places in the United States. Absolutely. The most interesting places yeah. in the United States. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you made it safely. And now we're back recording, back on track. We are back on track. Squad. So let's get started in the show. And I would like to thank Grizz and RM McMess for following us on Podbean, Jeff. And thanks. Oh, wow. To cool. Gordon Molick. You're the best, Gordon. I guess you can follow us on Podbean still, but it's not where most people would do that, right? Right. You need the to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. One of my favorite segments is rules because what would squad leader be? I mean, advanced squad leader. I need to be careful. That's right. You I, do. I don't want to get slacky. And what would the game be without getting tangled up in rules? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Also, I'd like to thank Dennis Donovan for his very kind donation, which Dennis, you don't need to do because you donate music to our show. Yeah, Dennis, really. And Thank also, so thanks to Tim Keller for his Patreon support. Thank you, Tim. Oh, Jeffrey, there's one thing we forgot. Okay, after this, we got to draw our prize winners. Oh, right. Don't let me forget. Hot dog. Prize winners. But in the meantime, this is Prisoners Part 2. Part 2. And Jeffrey, I'll be... Uh, giving a little rundown and asking you some questions as usual. Give you a chance to shine. <laughs> You're going to ask me a lot of questions, huh? I'm getting all nervous. And my sister, my mother, my sister, my mother. Rule 20.1, value. Jeff, every unit which surrenders or is captured is worth how many victory points? Normal, double, or triple? Normal. What was that? I didn't hear you. Double? Yes, double is correct. Oh, they're worth double their their point, the point value? Yes. So a squad is worth six? Uh-huh. Is that what you're saying? Okay. But okay. often there's a special scenario rule that says prisoners do not count double for this yeah. scenario. Yeah. Um, but for it to count as double victory points, does it have to be under guard at the end of the scenario? Oh, yes, I think so. You are correct. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Indeed. And we know, you know, Rich Spokey ran us through some some um, prisoner stuff. And we looked at uh, that 
Jim um, Bishop's stuff too. Right. But this is part two. Because uh, there's some rules that weren't covered. We thought we'd cover them. Right. 20.2. Capture. Can a berserk unit take prisoners? No. You are correct. He's berserk. They're just He's too, got other things to do. It's too great. Yeah. It's like shoot the yeah shoot the shoot the people surrendering yeah i don't know why that's funny whenever you say berserk i always think of frank frazetta's uh painting of the berserker yeah yeah love that and i didn't go to the museum even though i was in pennsylvania which i think it's in strasburg oh really new york or strasburg pennsylvania or somewhere. road trip we got to do that got to do that yeah now can they they wonder who they are that i referred to here can berserk units take prisoners no can they only be captured can berserk units be captured no can they be captured if you have extra strong traps to capture them in because they're so berserk you'd have to have that elfin elfin rope that's correct you would yes, yes. that the golem with yeah so the answer is no you have to go to Galadriel and say, can I borrow some of that rope? We got some berserkers. Rule 20.21. Yes. Route phase. Now there's three ways to capture squads. Do you want to try and guess from memory what they were? Um, no. Good choice. I don't. <laughs> route phase. That's one. Any broken infantry unit during the route phase that you know is both adjacent to a known good order armed enemy infantry or cavalry and unable to route away or only able to route while being subjected to interdiction or resorting to low crawl would surrender. So that means the, the situation where you break and you're adjacent to the you know they're storming your little building yeah um you break them there you can interdict them so they have to take a low crawl to be able to route and they are adjacent to you that's when they surrender okay so it's, so you can't low crawl away no yeah now from you, an adjacent unit yeah if so broken. if, if you're charging the building but you're two hexes away and you break you can still start to low crawl. Yeah, it's when okay. you're adjacent, you're kind of like, oh, let's okay, just right. give up. Come right. that build. So that's a really great way to capture people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it also says that if you can only route being subject to interdiction or low crawl, and you have to surrender to the adjacent, and that's regardless of, regardless if the possible unconcealed interdictor, interdictor is known to it unconcealed known i don't know what that means does that mean a dummy stack can interdict i don't i don't know so that's my question for our listeners anybody yeah. knows let us know sing out yep right put it in the comment section so just shout it out open your window and shout it out we'll hear it <laughs> so that that unit will surrender to the enemy as its prisoner because they can't route um now that is that that unit will surrender to that enemy unit as its prisoner instead and it is the captor's choice of unit receiving the surrender if more than one unit qualifies that's a little clarification for you after they abandon their support weapons so now does a stack of broken units in a location do they 
So you got a whole stack. Yeah. Did they surrender simultaneously or oh, one at man. a time? I know when this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think when this is. As, why I, I know this has happened. I know this is. This happened. is why we don't take prisoners. Yeah. Um, I think they have to do it one at a time. It's simultaneous. It is for the whole. And yeah, they have really. to be accepted or rejected as a stack. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. I just don't think it's ever happened much, or I've just done it separately anyway, or yeah. no one ever yeah. ever wondered about it. Yeah. Oh, here they come. Here's one. Here's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, are you going to try to reject one and not the other? I don't know. So it's probably to avoid that kind of situation. What happens if there are not enough guards for all such surrendering units? Mm, they scamper away. They do. Yeah. The, <laughs> the excess units are freed as unarmed prisoners. Unarmed squad. So they all, I guess, so the whole stack comes at you. Oh, I only have a half squad. He can only carry, we got 18 squads coming to surrender. I can only take so many. The rest can wander around. Oh, what happens if there are not enough? Oh, we did that. Are surrendering units then subject to FFE? So there's a OBA going off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. What? Mm -mm. Now, how do they? I mean, that's never happened to me. I'm sure it's never happened. No, because you pretty well have to be close to the OBA or in yeah. it to be accepting the guys. Yeah. But if it ever happens, they're not subject to FFE as they move. It's a free move during the OBA. Are they subject to minefield attacks? I wonder how they justify that particular. Maybe because it's not during the normal phase. Like a movement phase or a route phase? Well, it's a route. It is a route. It's During kind of a route phase. I don't know. Yeah. How about minefields then? Are they subject to minefields? Mm -hmm. uh, no. They are not. Are they subject to the Geneva Convention rules? Yes. Yes, they Everybody are. Everybody is. Or the Gen Con Convention. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Or now, the Aslock Convention. Any of the conventions. Oh, and I think Aslock's going yeah. on right now. What happens if the only adjacent armed enemy unit is in melee? So the German, the American are in melee. Somehow some guys run up adjacent and break. And then they have to route, surrender, because they're adjacent. They could be interdicted by somebody else, I guess. Well, is the question, can they be interdicted by the squad that's in melee? Question is, no, because, no, they can't be. So, but the question, someone else would be doing it. Yeah. So they have to surrender to the nearest armed. Oh, I see. To the nearest armed enemy, unit. Which would be this guy in melee. This guy in melee. I'm going to say no. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, the broken unit they must. They must be considered an armed unit if they're in melee. Then they must route away. Yeah. Even if disrupted. Yeah. Or be eliminated for failure to route. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So if the only adjacent unit then is Berserk. No. Yep. They'd be eliminated. Yeah. And if it's a vehicle, the adjacent unit's a tank, buttoned up tank. Have you ever seen a buttoned up tank take prisoners? No. No. So they also then must route away, even if disrupted. And if they can't, eliminated yeah okay now it normally if you shoot prisoners 
you incur no quarter, right? Right. So if you do the above situations, you eliminate them for failure to rob because the guy's berserk, does that incur no quarter on the berserk guy's side? No. No, that is correct. Yeah. So. Because that's not really a decision you make. It's a decision that's made for you by the circumstance. Yeah. So I, I would think it wouldn't. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. That'll help people remember it there, right? So then if the broken unit is also disrupted, encircled, or surrendering due to heat of battle, it will instead route to the enemy unit as its prisoner, even if it had a legal route path not requiring interdiction or low crawl. So disrupteds, encircleds, heat of battle, they surrender also. Yeah. Who never surrenders via the route phase method? Types of troops. Oh, berserkers. Is that what you mean? That would be yeah. one, but there's also different um, nationality types. Oh, yes. Japanese? Correct. Partisans. Oh, yes. Partisans. But I'm not I, so sure why, but... Yeah, I, I don't play partisans very often. It's just... They always can run home. doesn't come up. Yeah, maybe. So they don't, They're on home They don't turf. like to surrender. Yeah, I don't know. Gurkhas. Oh, Gurkhas. Another one I don't play with that much. Commissars. Oh, that's interesting. And then SS troops facing the Russians. Okay. And fanatics and Japanese. So when they're faced with no quarter, what do they do then? They can't surrender via they the route eliminated. Phase. Yep. Or take the low crawl, risk yeah. the interdiction, or eliminated. Yep. Rather than surrender. Yeah. So this completes the first of the three ways of surrendering. That Holy was the cow. route phase wow. method. Okay. Easier is close combat phase. So rule 20.22. Any non-vehicle, non-berserk unit attacking anything but a man afe it literally says anything so i guess attacking roosters or <laughs> a local a nearby fence you're just attacking it um anything but a manned afv in close combat pre-designate the attack as an attempt to take prisoners and you add plus one to your close combat die roll okay if the final die roll is less than that number for that attack then less than the close combat number, what happens to the guys you were trying to capture? You capture them. Yes. If it's equal to it? Um, oh, boy. You get to choose? Yes. Okay. Or half squad if it's a squad, and then the other half squad remains uncaptured. Okay. And then the plus one die roll modifier for a capture attempt is instead a neg one versus an experienced personnel. So anytime okay. you're fighting those inexperienced guys, yeah, easy to capture, easier to capture. In fact, easier to capture than to kill in close combat. Which I guess I got to start paying attention to that and do that. So whenever any side in a close combat or melee location is completely eliminated or captured in a simultaneous close combat, any unit it had captured during that phase is unchanged. Example, all of that side's capture attacks resolved in that location during the phase are treated as ineffectual. 
So then what happens if all opposing non-prisoner units in a close combat or melee completely eliminate or capture each other in simultaneous close combat? So let's see. The German squad, the American squad, both want to capture each other and they both roll low enough to do that. What happens? Oh, man. Party time. Wait, wait, I don't know. What happens if all opposing non-prisoner units in a CC or melee completely eliminate or capture each other? The answer says all remaining unarmed prisoners remain in that location, but are exchanged for green or conscript units, which is what happens when someone's freed. Yes, they come back as... So I guess if you capture the captors, then the guys are freed. And then if you eliminate the captors, they're freed also. They're exchanged for green and conscript units. Wow. Should this leave opposing newly armed units of both sides alone in the same location? So I guess two squads with prisoners attack yeah. each other, kill the both guards, kill each other. Both prisoners are put on board as conscripts. As, as conscripts. And they're alone. Armed conscripts conscripts and it's still the melee phase yeah Are the new guys in melee wow yes i yes. would say so yeah immediately i guess try to start Dang. killing each other by picking up the weapons of the guards i guess <laughs> do all support weapons in that location become abandoned yes yes they all fall to the ground and you got to pick them up in the normal normal phases so how come that never happens to us <laughs> Uh, I can understand Two why they have to cover all this, but with, some of this just is like, yeah, you, you'd go to great lengths so rare. to not have your guards with the prisoners yeah. enter into a melee yeah. or get caught up in one. <clears throat> there is a third way to capture units. It is the famous mopping up. Mm. Yes. It is the third way to capture okay. prisoners. Tell me, tell me about it, Dave. Whenever a unit abandoned, whenever rule 20.24, whenever a unit surrenders or is captured, what does it do with its support weapon? It drops it. And must those support weapons then be recovered normally to be possessed by the captor? Yes. And what rule co number covers recovery rule? Uh, A18.3. Close. A4.44. Yeah. I had the A right. What happened to mopping up? I said C12.153 later when you have time, bro. <laughs> That's your note to yourself? That's my note. So you all have to go read your mopping up rules on your own. I think we covered mopping up on another show. I think we, I'm sure we did. As a separate thing. Yeah. Not a prisoner thing. No. We just did it as mopping up. Yeah. So I think that's why I felt free to. Okay. <laughs> all right. Of course, it was probably five years ago, but 20.3 no quarter now so you can always opt to reject the, sur the surrendering people and eliminate them but if you do it all their units subsequently will use low crawl or will risk interdiction to avoid surrendering even as disrupted disrupted and even when they're not going against the vehicle berserker or that third case when they would always rot away um when one side invokes no quarter question for you 
is the other side's ability to accept such a surrender affected? Oh, if I declare no quarter against you, right? can you still accept prisoners? Yes. Yes, you can. So it doesn't affect you. Does a rejected surrendering unit... But I don't know what would happen in one of those where we're both in melee and we both... Both call no quarter at the same time. Well, one guy says prisoners. The one guy takes prisoners. The other guy does no quarter. You both win. No, if you're into melee, you can't declare no quarter. It has to be when they're oh, surrendering. That's right. In yeah, the route phase. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does, um, does a rejected surrendering unit count toward battlefield integrity casualty tally? Oh, I'm going to say up. It's because I didn't know what else to say. That's a good answer. Up. Did you say up? Up. That's a good movie, too. Did you see up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Massacre. Yeah, we don't use battlefield integrity points. Um, which unit may eliminate an unarmed prisoner in their location, not in the act of escape? So you've already got the prisoners. You just suddenly say, we don't want them anymore. And you eliminate to kill them. Which people can do that? It's restricted to certain nationalities and stuff. Not oh, is it really? Not everyone can just massacre troops. I better play that right. Well, let's see. I'm going to guess that Germans, SS. Like SS. Russians. Russian. Japanese. Japanese. And there's two more that are hard to get. Partisans. Oh, really? And then your famous berserkers. Okay. Yeah. Now. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of partisans, I, but okay. Did you, now think about it. Got to pay attention. What does that say about, okay, I know historically why they did that, but you know Americans slaughtered troops. Oh, I'm sure they did. And the Canadians. Yeah. And the British. I'm sure they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I used to highlight those things in my book when I would read the history books to the kids at school just to give a fair representation. Right. And talk about the rage of war or the, you know, that if you're in that stressful situation, things are going to happen. Yeah. But I also always did stress that as these nationalities depict SS and were that these groups were encouraged to do it regularly. Yeah. And so I know it's a very different thing, but so I guess as a rule, I, I don't know, I guess you could have a special scenario rule that if you did a certain historical situation where there were massacres by other troops, but anyway, trying to, we try not to bring too, too much of our moral. <laughs> yeah background into the thing yeah i'm getting too i'm getting too yeah too sad and yeah. too serious it's only a game but so anyway how do they do that well they would do it in their fire phase as if using a support weapon by declaring the prisoner as the target which automatically eliminates them any reserve unit in the same location with the prisoners whether the guarding them or not will at the start of that fire phase eliminate those prisoners you don't have to roll or Anything nope. like that. You nope. can't miss. Nope. Yeah. Um, correct. Yep. Yep. But no, no boxcars um, to find out you know, all oh. of your guns are duds. No, you're right. There's no die roll. 
Yeah. Yeah. No die roll at all. But it is a fire phase. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and I'm sure those units are considered then fired. What? I'm, I, do you think those units are then marked with a fire? Oh, or yes. Kind? Yes. I thought yeah. you meant they were like fired from the army. Yeah. The, well, they that were could breaking be too. the laws yeah. of the Geneva. You're fired. So go home. Yeah. They, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Cause they do it in the fire phase, blah, blah, blah. And then um, if, if you're Berserk, you would lose Berserk status because once you eliminate an enemy, you lose Berserk. If not in the same location with the prisoners, a Berserk unit will ignore them in determining the closest enemy unit to charge. Okay. Just a little side note. Yeah. <clears throat> then what happens when an, a massacre occurs? There is a penalty for you. Oh, that's right. You know, I've never done a massacre no. because I find it morally abhorrable. Uh, yes. It's <laughs> just so stupid. I know. It's so stupid. It's a game. <laughs> correct, correct. It's a game. I just don't want to win that badly. No. I, I, yeah. So I no, don't know. Just let no, them I don't know. Let them go run around and scrounge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the ELR of all your enemy will go up by one. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yes. Okay. So they'll wow. That's less pretty... likely to. That now they're a little pissed when they hear about it. Yeah. So. Um, and then can that increase of VLR be increased once for each incident of massacre? So if I massacre three separate times, does your VLR go up from four to five to six to seven? Oh man, let's see. Um, I'm gonna say no. No is correct. Okay. There's a maximum of six uh total ELR, ELR yeah, six. Right. Can't go to seven, can't go to eight okay then i don't know what time we got here but um we'll continue a little more yeah 20.5 guards and unarmed units now a personnel unit is captured as a white unarmed counter you know a little prisoner counter of the appropriate size now for victory point purposes they recommend keeping track of crews on a side record so now i think you can get those kind of prisoner counters now from third party yeah producers yeah probably uh and it's placed above the unit that captured it captor's choice if you got two people that can take the prisoners usually you put it on the half squad uh, an unarmed single man counter must be noted on a side record and it has its normal morale leadership but what then if you got that little prisoner counter what is the unarmed unit's firepower uh, uh factor it does have a firepower uh one one is correct yeah can they use that in prep fire prisoners can they prep fire suddenly yeah i would think so no really they're unarmed can oh, they use I it see. In, i see can they use it in defensive fire no no okay can they use it in close combat versus yes. <laughs> yeah versus personnel yes yes versus tanks no i would say no no i would have said yes but it's no Unless they can use the martial arts karate rules of A5.61. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. No, A5.61. Have you not read the martial, martial arts rules in a while? <laughs> karate. They're only available to the Japanese. Yeah, I guess and so. The Chinese. Yeah. In Korea. <laughs> uh, 
so no you can't kill a tank with your little one firepower i guess you don't have hand grenades to close combat a tank like a normal squad yeah and stuff. guess not what happens when the captor unit that is now the guard has to go to the bathroom yeah. I was just going to say, when he has to go to the bathroom. Yes, what happens when he's... He excuses himself. He, yeah, he yes. asks them to cooperate, just hang out, don't try not to wander off. Yes. Yeah. And don't look. And don't, yeah, don't look, because he has anxiety. <laughs> Actually, the rule is, he may only be relieved of that task. <laughs> relieved? If you relieved, all right. I didn't intend that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think we've been just goofy in a long time on this show. <clears throat> Jeez. People are paying good money for this. They are. Patron. They are. <laughs> he may I... only be relieved of that task during any friendly round phase in which the prisoners are either transferred above another guarding unit in the same manner as a sport weapon. So he's just got to hold it. <laughs> oh, man. And that's just, that's the rule for just transferring normal squads. Yeah. <clears throat> so you can transfer prisoners as a support weapon, or you can ab abandon them, which is, I think, what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you lock them in a cellar or something? <laughs> no, um, only if cellar rules are <laughs> in effect. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> that would be funny. Okay. Boy, we're not even drinking. Um, can they be transferred while involved in a this is a serious question? Okay. Can they be transferred while involved in a melee with the guard? No. No. Does a such a transfer penalize either units um advanced phase or route phase capabilities you're just transferring them as a support weapon so during any route or advanced phase yeah, so I, i'd say no or sorry rally phase yeah. or advanced phase and no you can still do normal stuff you just transfer the prisoners and go so then any armed personnel unit may act as a guard only one unit the one beneath the prisoner is the guard. Should the guard unit be eliminated, any unit capable of accepting the transfer may immediately assume the guard's position. So I guess if you got two squads in there and the guards are killed, the other guys automatically take the prisoner. Okay. Just you guys they stop running. They don't have to round them up or no. go get them no. again. Or no, they don't chase them down the street. <laughs> right. One of those rat patrol jeeps with the machine. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, they immediately become guards. Should no enemy units be in the location, the unarmed units are no longer prisoners, and now they can move around by the previous owner. Yeah. So, okay. They sniper just killed the leader that was guarding them, and oh, and yes, off right. They go. There we go. Off they go <laughs> like zombies. They just <laughs> around head toward the nearest food source, <laughs> which is brains. What happens if the only personnel unit available to assume the guard duties is insufficient in size, unit size number? Well, I think they only can guard however many yes. they can guard and the rest can wander off. Yes. And if you can't do that, then they can't take any prisoners. And then what if, so that's if they're insufficient in unit size number. Yeah. What if they're insufficient emotionally? 
to take the prisoners? Well, I think they could have to call, make a call, yes. get some support. They do. They need to get some some good counseling. You can do it. You'll be fine. May an unbroken guard squad. You're my big boy. De- de- may the unbroken guard squad deploy into half squads automatically to accept those prisoners. Remember this one? Oh, Rich yes. Yeah, yes, that's right. Can. Yeah. It's the cheating Russian. Yes, it's so Russians. Oh, the one would, time or one of the few times when Russians can deploy. Pass the prisoners around. So you can deploy. Deploying. Yeah. That's bad. Don't do that, people. Does a guarded prisoner affect route? Oh, uh, so you got a route and you look behind you and there's prisoners of the enemy. Does that keep you from routing? No. No. May a guard force any prisoners to attempt entrenchment? Oh, um, I would say yes. Yes. Rule B27.11 is entrenchment. That would be cool. Yes. But then you may be guilty of violating certain local laws or ordinances if you use that rule. May it may a guard force you can't dig here. There you have to check with that. Yeah, they write you a ticket. The Julie, they they paint the lines on your yard. Yeah, yeah, and tell you where the yeah, where not to dig. May a may a guard unit force a unit to clear rubble. Yes, yes. May it force them to play the trumpet. No, no, unless they're the have the trumpet from yeah. like the Chinese rules in the Korean modules. Can it force them to clear a flame and a roadblock or a roadblock? Yes. Yes. Sure. Why not? See if they and have them clean up that cellar. In, and while you're down there, you clean it? up down there. In the interest of fairness, does the guard unit have to share any applicable um, hazardous movement status with the prisoners? So the prisoners are having to do the roadblock clearing that gives them a hazardous movement oh. modifier and the guards standing there do they have to share that just to be fair no actually yes oh they do yes it's only fair <laughs> but it is true they have to so they i guess do. they got to be out there with them in the street like okay hey. all right so we'll hold up there and continue Excellent. our prisoner Excellent. rules on another show which isn't a lot left escape rearming scrounging um and how to move them around the board and in the meantime we can draw okay our prize winners excellent we've got a rally point volume 10 we have anders richard one richard two gordon robert jjfc and Stu. is that how many seven so you got to roll a six (laughs) Well, I could go to one of these generators. Uh, yeah, you, I could. Re- I could go to a generator. Let's see. You are the master. This will be top to bottom, sides on dice. Here we go. As I read them, for Rally Point Volume Ten. Okay, here we go. It's going to be a little less dramatic because, well, I'll make the sound anyway. So here's the sound I'm using the gener- generator from Calculator.net. Here we go. It is. And it is five. Five. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Robert Barrett. Barrett. I don't think he's won before. Kind of a noob. 
All right. Well, thank you. Excellent, That's Robert. That's great, Robert. You're the winner. We're going to send this right out to you. I will send you an email asking you for your address. But we also had another contest. Yep. You had to do Punked for Rally Point Schwerpunkt's Greatest Hits, Volume 7, by September 7th, 2022. This is how I remember yep. what we yep. said. Good. The sticky note, I live my life like um, Ray Rayner for you Chicago and people, you know. He had all those notes on him. He was time for a cartoon, time for a rules report, time for a prize. Um, time to open the closet. Time to, oh, yeah, Remember he that? did have a closet. Yeah. All right, Jeff. All right. Punked. How many entrants for that contest? We have one. Let's see. One. Wait a minute. One. Oh, I guess it's one. One. All right. Who is that? that, that Richard Blasco. Richard. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Do the die roller. Yeah. One. One-sided die. One-sided die. And let's see what he get. A one. All right. Richard gets it. Richard, you are the winner. Folks, I'm telling you. Giveaway, giveaways. How about another giveaway? Why not? Let me go over here to my bag of tricks. All right. And... Dave's got his um, Mary Poppins bag. Here we go. It's the oh, very nice. A genuine two half squats, squats canvas bag. actual bag. And I know you're all going to write in saying, we want that as a prize. Yeah. Nope, you don't get it. <clears throat> Pry it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> so now it's in it honor is... of uh, Charlton Heston's birthday, which <laughs> is today, oh. October 4th. Excellent. 1920 yeah. something. Born in Evanston, Illinois. Yes. Or Wilmette. Oh, was it Wilmette? It, it's, been, but it's, he, it's been some contention. Yeah, there. Went he, to school he, at Northwestern for two years. Yes, he did. Yeah, And he did drama there, too. He did. Yeah. Eastside Gamers presents Design Pack number one, folks. How are we going to get this out, Jeff? Should we? Let's give it to one of our uh, Patreon supporters. Here we go. That? There's like 40 in there. Let me get the 40-sided dice. Okay, so we're going to give this to one of our Patreon supporters. And you could become a Patreon supporter too, listener, for, you know, a dollar an episode or something like that would be great. We would love that. Obviously, you don't have to, but we we love our Patreon supporters more than most. And we have 41 of those beautiful people. So we're going to run a roll of 41 sided dice. Are you ready, Dave? Ready. Here we go. Rolling. Very hard to come by a 41 sided die. And it is number 15. All right, I got that here because I, I counted down to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Greg Crane. Congratulations, Greg. Greg Crane. We are going to notify you. And if you don't want it, we'll do it again next we'll, show. Yeah. Or we'll uh, take, or, we'll roll somebody else for yep. Patreon. Or you can pass it on. Yeah. So, all right, excellent. Well, Jeff, I think that is a show. Who's the show brought to you by? It's brought to you and us by Founding Fire Productions. And we must extend a very special thanks to them because they've been great supporters for a lot of years. They're great guys and their products are fantastic. Always love playing with their stuff. Fantastic. It's it's well done and fun. Guaranteed fun in every scenario. I'm looking forward to getting back into playing the... um, Blood and Jungle scenarios with Mike Rizzi soon. Yeah. So get back, uh, get to the Bounding Fire website, look at all their stuff, order some stuff, tell them the two half squad sent you just because it's nice to do that. And uh, we would love that. 
We would indeed. So until then, until next time, it's this time. Remember to roll low and rally well, but but not not when when you're you're playing playing us. us. Bye, everybody. everybody. my Tony Petko's hat? I do. It's very nice. And a mash-like. It is. Makes you somehow more respectable. No, it doesn't.